we look around at how the, the state of the coral reefs in Barbados, it is pretty bad. We definitely need to do something to get healthy corals back in our waters. We've shown that we can nurse corals and that it can actually work. We're all in this together. Coral did an excellent job. It's not just about talk, but they're very much about action and working together to save our planet. I'm Connor Lennon and you're listening to The Lid Is On from the United Nations. This is the third in a mini-series of episodes recorded in the Eastern Caribbean island nation of Barbados, where we've been looking at some of the problems facing the ocean environment, such as the proliferation of sargassum seaweed on the beaches and pollution from activities on the land running into the sea, and the efforts being made to solve and adapt to these issues. Over the first two episodes, we learned that pollution and the development of Barbados during recent decades have been identified as some of the main reasons for the poor health of the coral reef off the coast of the island. I wanted to go and see it for myself. I should be okay getting in. Right down the front. At the Folkestone Marine Park on the western side of the island, I took a fishing boat out to meet up with some members of Coral, a volunteer organisation supported by the UN, which is dedicated to conserving and restoring the coral reef ecosystem in Barbados. We're going over on those rocks. There's actually a massive table that has more than a dozen different corals on it. And then the third stop back from where you come from is actually vertical coral trees with all the stuff. Me and Big Scott, we're going to be underwater for the sake of really taking some photos of you guys. We joined up with a diving team who'd arranged to show us some of the nurseries set up by Coral. These nurseries have proved that it is possible to bring the reef back to life. Susan Mahan, the president of Coral, was on the boat. She described what we were about to see. We planted our rain corals uh, four years ago and they, when we planted them they were very, very tiny. They were sort of half, between half an inch and an inch big, just fragments, and so we've watched them grow. We had to do a certain bit of cleaning in the beginning around them with toothbrushes. We had to, you know, scrub their surroundings so that the algae didn't grow over and, and, and smother them and that kind of thing. But then once they got a hold, they started to grow pretty nicely. We have some beautiful pictures of them as they were growing. They're different sizes, but they're like in size of an orange, sort of, or a, you know, a fist or a grape. You know, so the bigger ones are grapefruit size, and they're brain corals, so they're you know, they're little balls, you know, like little brains there on the rocks. When we were coming down, you said that some of the walls are falling into the sea, and I understand yes. that the sea level has risen a lot over the years. The shoreline is dynamic, so it's funny because sometimes you see a big beach and then sometimes it goes to a very narrow, um, and there's no beach at all. It comes maybe up to a seawall, and, and the waves are pounding against the seawall. But a lot of that has to do because the reefs aren't there to protect uh, the land, because the, the reefs um, take the energy of the waves and they attenuate it so that 
um, the, the waves come more gentle and then if they have a beach to come across then it's more gentle effect and it, there's not as much erosion but if you don't have the reefs to protect the coastline then you get a lot of severe erosion and walls come tumbling into the sea and the sea comes even up into people's houses and other buildings. Corals uh, actually protect the shoreline, the coral reefs, and a lot of those, uh, the, the types of corals, say like the staghorn, we were just talking, because they have, uh, they're all branching, and the branches are all intertwined, and they stop the action of the waves, the energy of the waves from from coming in and destroying the land. Right, so we're going to head in now and, and take a look at some, these elk horns. They're called elk corn corals because they look like the horns of an elk right. so you know if you think actually our logo for corral is the is a stylized elk corn coral it's like hands and their big plates open up to the sea three feet across or so and they've also taken that long to grow four years to grow corals like the brain corals form the foundation of the reef like they're the floor of the reef and the elk horns and the stag horns are more the, uh, the ones that come sort of more on top and um, so you'll see those but also brain corals they're almost protected by the elk horns in a way and they're really looking good and some of them are, have fused together already because they've grown so much that they fuse together and what happens is that if you have the fragments are from the same colony they actually have these microfilaments that attract each other they attract each other to grow together and then they'll form the, you know, the foundation of the reef. So that's what you'll see when you go down there. All right, let's take a look then. Let's yes. go down. Well, I'm not a diver, unfortunately, but I did get in the water with a snorkel, so I got a pretty good view of the young coral. And yes, the elk horn coral does resemble, well, the horns on an elk, but the brain corals really do look like brains. After the dive, we headed back to the marine park and I spoke to two corral volunteers, Ashley and Wayne. I asked them why they were willing to give up their time to save the reef. Currently, I'm a student at the University of the West Indies and I study geology and I'm minoring in coastal ecosystems. I've recently been introduced to being part of the monitoring group, so I would be part of a group that would just go and check on how the corals are doing so we would clean them up with toothbrushes or we would measure them to see how much they've grown from the last time we saw them so around my first time they were very small probably my hand is small so probably around the size of my face and now they're just huge so I feel happy that I've been around from that stage I think it will be able to build up the reef where fish will then be able to come in and they will be able to keep the reef clean and then as the reef builds up hopefully there will be like less traffic with the boats where they won't be able to destroy the reefs themselves they'll be able to gradually grow up and then they'll be able to protect the ridges and the reefs. I work for a lot of submarines and we take you onto the reef, show you the fish, the coral, we do a narration, explain what you're seeing, also do a part in, in educating the public about the environment, the importance of preserving it. So obviously coming on board or on a project like this with Coral, the ocean offers so much for us. It gives us food, shelter from the ocean and also provides jobs. And so we must play our part in helping to preserve it. If we look around at how the, the state of the coral reefs in Barbados generally, 
we definitely need to do something. Um, it, it is pretty bad, especially the near shore reefs for various reasons. Um, you can get anything like runoff water um, and whatever that brings with it from the land. So we really need to kind of get initiatives going to get healthy corals back in our waters and I mean it, it may feel like dropping the needle in a haystack but based on the vastness of it but you have to start somewhere we have to try to do our part and build as we go. Ashley and Wayne, two corral volunteers. Susan Mahan told me that the organisation has attracted Barbadians from all walks of life. There were about 15 original founders, some people in, in businesses that had to do, you know, dive operators, people in other NGOs, academics. A lot of people had been diving and swimming for years, for decades, and they had seen with their own eyes the deterioration. And so they were thinking, well, what can we do about it? Six and years ago. Just six years ago. And in that time, what have you managed to get off the ground? Okay, two things, two major things really. So one major thing is that we've shown um, that uh, we can grow, we can nurse corals, we can care them in the sea, tiny, from tiny coral fragments to large uh, colonies, basically, and that it can actually work, uh, you know, because people were skeptical that, that it would actually work because, they was, because of all the things that are affecting the reefs. The second thing is basically we've had over 50 events of our own and then we've joined in other events with other people to uh, publicize the plight of the reefs, to increase the understanding. And, and I, I think uh, we've changed the behaviors of people to a certain extent. The things that really capture people's attention, for example, is if you tell them when you touch a coral, um, a coral is a, ho a whole colony, it's a whole community of little living animals that has a, a, a calcium skeleton, that's a white skeleton, and then it has like a jelly-like coating with all the living animals. And if you t touch it, it's like the same effect as if you st stick your finger in your eyeball. It really, really hurts the the corals it's really it's, it's they're so sensitive uh, to things and that's why they're kind of vulnerable to to man-made and natural influences although corral started small with few resources the tenacity of susan mahan led to the organization gaining widespread respect on barbados lawyer sir trevor carmichael an influential figure on the island is a trustee i wanted to be involved because I know what Susan Mahon had done with the Barbados Environmental Association back in the 90s. And, uh, and I knew what she would be doing here, and the volunteers as well who were involved and who would continue to be involved. And for an organization of this kind to have secured grants, which it has secured, to have the membership, which it has, is in itself remarkable. Coral is an important organization. It has that dual focus within the community itself and within government circles as well, and also international agencies such as the UN and the like. Sir Trevor Carmichael. The support from the United Nations that he mentions has come from the small grants program of the Global Environmental Facility, which provides financial assistance for several projects implemented by the UN Development Programme. 
David Bino is the Barbados National Coordinator for the Small Grants Program. We were there from the inception and it blossomed beyond that. We then provided the full grant to them after they had the structure set up and they were able to actualize their mission in terms of making sure that citizen science and citizen involvement is at the heart of what they do. So it's an inclusive approach. Um, it demonstrates that citizens themselves can get involved in this type of work with reference to saving our coral reefs. It also went beyond that. If you're to do anything and it's sustainable, you have to ensure that you involve government. You have to ensure that you involve the private sector and other civil society organizations because we're all in this together. And therefore, Coral did an excellent job of attracting all stakeholders and maintaining the interests of all stakeholders. And in doing so, they were able to re re attract resources. It's not just about talk, but they're very much about action and working together to save our planet. David Bino, Barbados National Coordinator for the Small Grants Programme of the Global Environmental Facility. The Corral team are fully aware that they face a mammoth task if they're to bring the reef back to even a semblance of its former self. Although she remains positive and hopeful about the effect her organisation has had so far, Susan Mahan knows that the process will take decades. You can't be unrealistic and say you can snap your fingers and just in a short time, like in a, you know, in a garden or something, that you can do it miraculously, you know, within a year or something like that. The other thing is that it's not going to probably come back to the same way it was because you're going to have these resilient species coming back because of the, the circumstances have changed in a major way. And so, you know, when you get uh, like a high biodiversity reef, it's going to look different than it did 40 years ago. Apart from the aesthetic side of things, why should Barbadians care about the state of the reef? The reef ecosystem includes fish of all kinds. The university and the coastal management you have done studies and they've done a, uh, the health of a coral reef report card. And they've discovered that there are no commercial species on the reefs anymore. So livelihoods of fishermen, then obviously livelihoods of all the people in the tourism industry because people come here to see beautiful reefs. If you have a destroyed reef, then, you, then no one wants to go and visit there. They're not going to pay money to come here. They're not going to pay money to stay uh, you know, by the beach or anything. If you have a healthy reef, it protects all the industries along the coast. Susan Mahan, president of Corral. On the next episode, the last from Barbados, we'll find out how another volunteer organisation is helping to save another endangered marine species, which has been suffering from the effects of development and the climate crisis. Sea turtles. We have dozens of nests on the boardwalk already. Yeah. So there's probably, I would say, maybe close to 2,000 eggs incubating already within the first two weeks of the nesting season on this stretch of beach. Sea turtles need to come ashore to lay their eggs, and as we'll find out, the development of the island has made this increasingly difficult. On top of that, the warming of the oceans threatens their future. But the Barbados Sea Turtle Project has helped to maintain and even grow the population in the face of these challenges. You've been listening to The Lid Is On, the flagship podcast from UN News. Don't forget to subscribe and look out for the next episode. <laughs>